Hi friends, this is Jonathan Frizz, founder of 10 Days. Earlier this year, I did a series of interviews with my good friend, Greg Healy, attempting to do an in-depth telling of the 10 Days story. 10 Days is a movement that began in 2004. Since then, God has enabled it to expand into a global prayer and unity movement. Trust me, it's taken a lot longer than I initially thought, but after 17 years, it's incredible to see the original vision unfolding before our eyes. Over the years, I've cast vision for 10 days hundreds of times, probably thousands. I've become adept in sharing about 10 days in 30 seconds, five minutes, or 30 minutes, however long they're willing to give me. If it's a really, really good day, I might get an hour to share, which means I can usually get into some pretty cool testimonies. It's been on my heart for some time to do a longer, more leisurely telling where we could really dive deep into the history, the God encounters, the miracles, the mistakes, and the mysteries of this incredible journey. This is the prophetic history of the movement, how we've grown from small beginnings to where we are today. It's also a personal history, a history of faith, fear, tragedy, disappointment, love, and learning how to follow Jesus. In my case, that's often meant learning the hard way. I think this will be an encouragement and an inspiration to you both because of the amazing things that have happened and continue to happen, but also because of the failures and mistakes we've faced along the journey. Hopefully you can avoid some of these pitfalls or else when you encounter whatever you need to encounter and go through what you need to go through, you'll at least know a few things not to do. Following Jesus is the most beautiful thing I can even imagine, but it's also the most painful and it costs us everything. However, at the end of the day, what else are we going to do with our short lives? Why not decide to give everything to the only one found worthy in heaven and on earth, the one who gave everything to make us his own? I hope you enjoy this series. And remember, please subscribe to our podcast as well. These are podcast exclusives, and we hope that you will be encouraged and enjoy them. God bless. Hey, so like shifting into the next phase, which was kind of like the phase of a little bit of, if I'm remembering right, disillusion, disappointment, and you know, trying to do this and then it not working out as you had envisioned. To take us like back on the calendar now, what season was that? If this was 2004, right, and into the 2005, tell us about this next part of what happened. Right, right, so coming out of that, um, you know, obviously was this incredible feeling of accomplishment. Yes. But then I was, I was honestly just filled with fear again. Okay. I mean, this is like, this sounds like a, sounds like I'm always afraid. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not anymore. <laughs> no, I still, I mean, I'm still afraid all the time. You know, it's interesting. I've been thinking. Fear and trepidation I've been Lord, thinking about good. this a lot. Like faith is courageous obedience. Like courage is always a part of faith which usually means you're afraid. Yep. And um, you know that. I think you're a man of, sure. you're a man of great courage in my You've got to face the abyss and wonder, is this God? Right. And so in that next season, like say the next three months, I was trying to figure out practically what did it look like to outwork this vision that God had given me. I knew I was supposed to at least get America. Probably more, but I was like, oh, I don't know. Right. You know, to do these two 10-day things, because God had said, 
It's 05 now, so we've got the Pentecost right. plus the fall plus again. Plus the fall. That'd be fall number two. And and I had seen that vision of me driving out and going. And, yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm like, I've got to do what I did in Santa Fe, but around the nation. And so... Another road trip. Road tripping. Exactly. <laughs> so all I have to say, I was really afraid. I was doing some writing and trying to just put some of these ideas down, like kind of trying to settle myself mm. in writing. And also I felt like articulating, like, what's my vision? Like, where, what, what is, where is God taking us as the church? Um, and so I, I, I wrote some about that. I actually wrote a thing based on um, the story of Jonathan and the Philistines and his armor bearer, how he went out. And so it was kind of like God was speaking to me through that. I, I did some writing on that. I was still working. And uh, I reached out to a friend of mine. His name was David, a uh, young man. We were both young. He was a little younger than me. And I just said, hey, would you consider traveling with me like this sounds crazy, but like God's spoken to me. He said that he wants this to happen. Would you consider traveling with me? Mm. And so David lived in another state. He prayed about it. He agreed to come and just like move in with us in Santa Fe. And then that we'd launch out from there to go and move into the tent of Santa Fe and to go out and go and cast vision for this around the country. Like, right. so we have like, um, oh, this is important to add in. So at the time I was friends with John Robb. John yes. is an international prayer leader. Yep. Great, um, great guy. Just amazing man of God. And, um, you know, the prayer movement worldwide wouldn't be where it is today without John. I'm, anyway, I'm just going to give a shout out there. So, <laughs> <laughs> But um, John had invited me to a gathering in Albuquerque. And wow, it was all the to, way back then. Yeah, it was to cast vision for this thing called the Global Day of Prayer. Right. That was happening in 2005. Yep. So God had said, you're also going to pray for 10 days leading up to Pentecost this year. Well, the global day of prayer was on Pentecost Sunday. That's right. In 2005, the first one. Okay. And they were also calling for 10 days of prayer leading up to Pentecost. That and, was when it was global and also in the South African stadium and all of that. Or? Right, right. So they had been in all of <laughs> Africa. They had seen like 50 million people in Africa pray together the year before. And they were anticipating 200 million around the globe. Wow. And I was like, oh my goodness, God told me about this <laughs> separately, and now it's happening. <laughs> like, it's happening globally. And that, to me, just like blew my mind. Right. Because I had never seen anything that, like nothing that amazing had ever happened to me before. It was a, <laughs> it was a significant confirmation of what God had shown me. It was significant, and because I was immature in, in some ways, it seemed like really significant, if you know what I mean. Sure. Um, I concluded from that, like, revival is coming to America. <laughs> Today. <laughs> like, this year. It's got to, I mean, how could it not with all this prayer? Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I was super encouraged by that. And that also gave me confidence, like, this is not just me. You know, I had this experience, I had this encounter, I'm having these doubts about my experience like, is this God, blah, 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 everything else. And I'm, and I'm a, like, right, it would just be easier to just forget about it in some ways and not have to do all this stuff. Yep. But at the same point, I was like, no, this is real. Like, because that's amazing. Right. Because there is a 10 days tradition in the New Testament leading up to Pentecost, right? right it's the right. 10 days where Jesus had ascended. And that, exactly, from ascension to Pentecost. And that year, I had wanted to do that myself already. Yep. And then that year, the globe was doing it. So it was a really cool, confirming um, experience. So David and I um, just kind of had this, we concocted this plan. 
that we were gonna. <laughs> I like that word, concocted. Concocted. <laughs> that we were gonna travel out, and we were gonna just start. Basically, we're like we're gonna be. In, we called it incarnational. What we meant by that is we're just gonna show up unannounced. <laughs> And then like start yelling at trees or like what? No, no, like I, okay, like I had no, so I had no concept of just the relational workings. Sure. I had no long-term vision. Um, you were like, get it done now. I got to hit 50 cities. I was like, I'm a messenger. God wants to bring revival this year. Like I've just got to show up, tell people this, but somehow in faith, believing that God is going to use it to like bring revival. Right. And, um, and that they would do it by faith after you left. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was another thing. It was like, this is something, like God hasn't called us to like be in charge of this. God's called us to give this away for free. Which we still, right. we have more leadership now, but we still have that same heart of like, hey, this sure. is a gift. How could you ever implement the whole global vision yourself personally? Yeah, it's like, hey, here's doesn't, the, here's the gift you never wanted. Uh, 10 days of <laughs> prayer and fasting. <laughs> Hey, thanks for that gift. I got a whole bunch of gifts over here. Would you like some? <laughs> so that was our, so we, we wrote up some materials. Um, it'd be interesting to go back and look over some of those initial materials. Yeah. And keep in mind, we hadn't done it ourselves at a city. Like, okay. So I had no idea how to really even host a prayer meeting, much less a 10-day prayer meeting. Personally. Right, because you had kind of piggybacked on the Santa Fe experience of others. And yeah, yeah. So, so we, you know, we just didn't know what we were doing, but we were like, we're going to step out. And I just really felt like if I didn't significantly step out, I would be being disobedient to God. Right. And so, so you felt, this is my mandate. I got to do this. Yeah. And I was, af I was afraid. I was afraid of being disobedient. I was afraid of being obedient. <laughs> it was just, I was just like terrified. You're stuck between a rock and a hard place. I was either like, you know, really happy with, you know, God, or I was just like, but it, it really did fill me with a lot of anxiety. But you um, got away from that whole trap. Yeah, but in a way then I was becoming a different kind of traveling monk. <laughs> we, so you, we dodged, of, you went right back to We dodged habits. that bullet, but then it came out again over here. Now so, we're two traveling monks. So David and I started traveling on Epiphany, January 6th, yep. uh, 2005. And um, we just launched out and we're like, you know, I'm like, well, who's going to do this? I'm like, we need to go to the big organizations, like the people with a voice, and we need to share this with them. So you just like left Cassie behind. And, and then they will do it. a trip. So I took a trip, right. And, you know, left Cassie, um, not left her, but, you know, she stayed. Hopefully they didn't leave her. <laughs> you always giving but, me a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> but you were, you were not like gone for a couple of days trip here. The first, yeah, the first going out was like a couple of days. Okay. And we got there. And, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. We slept in the car. It was snowing. And I just really, it was freezing. Like, you're sleeping in a car. I mean, I was 22, so it's like 23. So you're like, you're younger, but still. And you don't know anybody. I just felt so alienated. I'd never felt so alienated. Because you didn't know anybody there. Yeah, I'd never felt just so alienated in my life. I just felt like Jesus said, like, you know, foxes have holes. Right. Son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And I, I just, got, I got my car. I know I came under like really intense demonic attack. I just wanted to leave. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So it was almost like just in, this like intense suffering. And part of that was cause we didn't know what we were doing, but part of it I think was the being obedient. And so we, you know, we're in the Springs 
we don't know what we're doing, uh, somehow we end up like connecting at the, um, this place called the um, Jericho Center. Oh, right. And I had heard Dick Eastman speak and he had talked about this and I was like, we're gonna go there. And so we started like going there and we would like use their landlines to make phones, phone calls. <laughs> I like to joke that now they have security there and I, I like to joke that we're the reason that <laughs> they have security. <laughs> Security, we, like, we have some barefoot profits we, over here. We would just Can walk in and make guys? ourselves at home and <laughs> use their food. But we figured, like, it's for like, this is. They, like, they think they're profits. They're, they're really they're, just homeless. <laughs> over. <laughs> and so, um, and we, we had some good initial experiences and we went home. And we were like, well, okay, now we're starting to, like, and, and okay, we're starting to make some contacts here. And so we came back the next week. So you were commuting to Colorado Springs from Santa Fe. So, yep. And, and we, like I said, how long of a trip was that? It's like four hours. Okay. Like I said, we didn't know what we were, like, had no idea what we were doing. So then we, the next week we go, and then we start scheduling meetings. So we start calling ahead. We're scheduling meetings in town. And we start to have meetings with these different organizations, like major Christian organizations. Yeah, because a lot of them are headquartered in Colorado Springs. Right, right. A lot of them are headquartered there. And, and we, we talk to people. And, um, you know, um, you know, we start presenting the vision of 10 days in the spring and 10 days in the fall to these people. And, you know, some of them, like, we, for example, we went to focus on the family and we, okay. and we talked to these guys and they're like, we can't really do this guys. We're basically like, we're middle management. <laughs> <laughs> and of the course, founders in DC, like, we, <laughs> and of, of course, you know, and, and, um, you know, we're just like, you know what, we don't care. We're going to just pray for this stat. Like, we're going to pray for you guys anyway. Like, having a good heart about it like that's nice we just like we believe god wants to bring bring you deeper bring so like that pastor originally they sensed even though they weren't able to do anything that you, you were I, from there. I think these guys probably thought we were just a little crazy and out for lunch <laughs> okay. uh, but other people we talked to did sense we were sent from god okay or they would sense god was doing something in this even if yeah. it was immature um we went to a, a major compassion organization and she actually said you know what we're gonna do this 10 days pentecost thing this year Wow. Like we're going to send it out to all of our people. So there was some level of engagement. Okay. Um, there was some success. Um, and we would even start, to, we were starting to see miraculous things happen too, where wow. we'd, we'd have supernatural connections yes. with people, which, as you know, is something I experience a lot of now. Yeah, but, true. you know, this was kind of a season Relational, of... Relational, supernatural. Right. And people would take us into their homes. So we, were, we didn't ever stay in a hotel. Like, and... and uh, we had different families that took us in. We would like go to prayer meetings. You didn't take your money, people. Yeah, we were like the. Um, yeah, we were like that. I mean, we did have some money, but had a cloak. It was very similar to the journey of the seventy-two or the right. uh, the twelve. It's being sent. And um, yeah, so we start having these great experiences, and we're coming home after the, the the second week there, and I'm feeling so encouraged, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing, and I'm just like, on, you know, it's like gone from being so discouraged to like oh my goodness, like this is happening. <laughs> and that's, Cassie calls and she's like, I'm pregnant. Oh, <laughs> there's that then. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, so, you know, back to being terrified. <laughs> As a 23 year old. Uh, um, and so then, but then by the time we get there, I'm super excited. Um, you know, this is back happening. Home. Back home, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I can't believe it. I'm going to be a dad. <laughs> and, um, but like, Lord, this is like the worst possible time because we've just started doing this 
crazy thing and now in obedience to you this other crazy thing is happening right that you know so it's like you're doubly triply quadruply and over your head (laughs) (laughs) which is perfect for what happened next right so then we get we i'm i'm not going to tell in detail all this journey but but um it was quite a it was quite a formative thing we go back to colorado springs we have another week of meetings and then this time halfway through Cassie calls me and she's like, I'm really worried. I'm having bleeding, I'm really concerned. And, um, you know, I get like hit with just, you know, it's like maybe the first time realizing what it felt like to be a father. But this, you know, this deep concern is like powerful. Um, And and then I just start praying for her. and, And then I wake up in the night praying. And it's like the most powerful times of prayer I've ever had in my life. I mean, I am like sensing this is breakthrough prayer. If I've ever had a breakthrough in prayer, like this is it. And sometimes and you're praying for her and the child, praying for the baby to be saved. Yep. Exactly, exactly. And then on the drive home, like once again, praying for her, the presence of God just hits me. It's like so intense. I'm like, oh my goodness, like I've never prayed like this. God is like here, like. I know God's hearing me. Get home. And, um, you know, the baby was gone. Wow. And uh, we, you know, they looked for it. And um, it's, it's like one thing to kind of lose a child, but then in the context of all that was happening spiritually, where I felt like I had had this breakthrough in prayer, it was like devastating to me for my relationship with the Lord. Cause I just, you're like, what happened? I sensed this should have been. So how did you wrestle that? It it was hard. I bet. And, uh, we both of us shaved our heads. You shaved your head. We shaved our heads. Wow. Both Cassie and I. Is that why we call you bald head? (laughs) Which (laughs) I I had, as you know, I have a good amount of hair, (laughs) But we both just shaved our heads. It's like this this sign of mourning. I tried to go back out. Did I, you try to send the she bears after those kids too? <laughs> I probably would have. <laughs> At that point, I didn't really know what I was doing. As I've said a few times, um, and uh, so we we intense. And you know, I've never been one to blame God for things up to that point. But at this point, I was like, God, what happened? Yeah, I was blaming God. And I was blaming God because I was in relationship with him. I was like, it was so intense for me to be what I thought was obedient. Yeah. was so difficult. And then, right. and then, like, to have these breakthroughs in prayer and then to lose the baby. It's devastating. It's devastating. My wife is devastating me. It right. didn't make sense. And I was like, I don't even know what to say. But, but the one thing that did make sense is I was like, okay, I've gone out on this journey to call people to mourning. And it makes sense that it would begin in a place of mourning, right, in a place okay. of loss. So that it's made a, that big loss. That made sense. Um, and yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people have had um, miscarriages and it, it's uh, the combination of things that was happening is what made it so devastating for us. Um, although any miscarriage is devastating, there was just like a greater weight around it. But everything with 10 days was doing really great too, right? Well, I mean, we were having su- we were having some success. It felt like it, right at that time. At that time, yeah, it, it felt like we were having like we were learning how to go into a place and actually be able to be received. And, and then we were seeing God moving, and 
you know, spiritually, I felt like I was just growing so fast. I'm having these breakthroughs right. in prayer. And then it was just like, wham. Well, that was with the miscarriage, but wasn't also 05 as we get further into the story equally disappointing. C correct. Correct. There's more. Yeah. The disappointment has not yet really started yes. yet, but this was the initial volley. So from there, um, David and I traveled all over the country. Okay. Um, and How many cities did you hit? We probably hit 30 or 40. Really? That's yeah. a lot. We would go, well, we would kind of get into, we would drive to an area and then we would visit around that area. So we spent like three and a half weeks in Southern California. We okay. hit Phoenix. We were kind of, and then we started moving towards the Midwest, some in Texas, some in So this is Illinois. months at a time here. So we're, we're, yeah, and always coming back home, but then going out. And so um, in April, we're in Washington, D.C. Yep. So that was as far east as we made it. And we're walking around D.C. We're going into these historic churches. We're casting vision. Um, st keep still doing what we're doing. And like really still believing the best for every believer, like not caring what background they're from. Sure. But just saying like, no, like if you love Jesus, if you call yourself by the name of Jesus, you can enter into these 10-day these time periods and seek God with us. Um, but be part of this global day of prayer movement. Uh, be, you know, be part of this 10 days of prayer movement or whatever we were calling it like this. I think at the time we were calling it a time to mourn. The fall 10 days we oh. called a time to mourn. A time to mourn. Yeah, not, not 10 days. We were calling it a time to mourn. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. So, yeah, we're still going for it. Um, but little do I realize, I start to realize, I start to see warning signs. I'm getting, ex I'm getting extreme. Like, I started getting really angry about mm. things. Um, like I probably would, stemming out of the child's loss, perhaps, or I, as part of it, all the rejection was part of it. Rejection. Yeah. And, um, I was getting, um, like w for instance, I would see what I saw as corruption in the church and I'd want to like go after it and like confront it, like, you know, start, uh, no, I'll, I just, I'll straighten these guys. Right. Out. I didn't, I didn't do a lot of like really too stupid things, but you know, I wanted to, and then you know, I'd be like, we need to go in there and just tell them, oh, you know, like, we'll go into this ministry and just stand up and rah, Even rah, slap rah. people against the wall like Smith Wigglesworth? <sighs> Not, I, <laughs> Smith was in a class of his own. But so I'm, I'm ex, you know, I'm experiencing, and part of that is, um, you know, all this rejection that we're encountering. Yep. But part of it was weariness. Sure. And part of it is just not understanding fatigue. What, what this calling looks like almost like experimental almost the way that um you know peter or james and john were kind of reading elijah elisha's calling and being like oh do you want us to call down call fire down from fire on the people <laughs> yeah it was i would say it's similar to that just to find a biblical where i'm like nice. i'm not so you call you started calling yourself zeus <laughs> i'm not having that heart of the lord but for you didn't go that people. far <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was you. I, you were a bit of a mess. I, I was because you were going for it, and you were disappointed, and you had mixed emotions. And we're not resting. Like we're like sleeping yeah. like three, four hours a night. Sure, if, you got a lot car. of zeal. Exactly. Maybe not so much wisdom. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not you know using wisdom with Cassie in terms of being home an appropriate amount. Yeah. I mean, she just lost a child. Yeah. Yeah. So so we're continuing to travel, and then we're like, okay we're going to slow down a little bit because we're getting tired and we're going to plan a 10 days in St. Louis leading up to Pentecost. Okay. Cause God had said, pray for 10 days leading up to Pentecost sure. this year. 
So we start working with the Global Day of Prayer in St. Louis, because there's an established network. So you'd spread the word to 30, 40 cities, but you're gonna make your city for this 10 days St. Louis. We're gonna, we're gonna make it happen, right. And so we... Um, Were the Cardinals doing well that year? Um, they won the World Series the next year. Oh, that was the next but year. Do you wanna hear a story about the Cardinals? The Yankees probably won the prior year. Do you, there's actually a story about the Cardinals. So our group that was working in St. Louis on the Global Day of Prayer. Yep, 2005. We were so discouraged and oppressed. It was like, it was not just me this and David. This is great material for the audience, you know. I, it's, it's really desirable. This is actually really good for people because they can like realize if they're going through something hard, not, not to be surprised. And so our main guy who was leading the movement was named Vic Gerson. His brother was a, um, at the time, part of the Bush administration, Michael okay. Gerson. Now he's a columnist. Okay. Um, and so Vic was a pastor and our team, we were all so discouraged. It was like, nobody wanted to pray. Nobody wanted to do the global day of prayer and nobody wanted to do the Yeah, days. it's not really good when you force yourself to minister when you don't really feel like and we're And we're just like still, I'm, I'm just like, I'm just gonna drag myself across the finish line and God is gonna rescue at the end. That was like my mindset. <laughs> like if we just give it our all, like God is gonna meet us. And um, so Vic threw his back out um, and just had to like lay there and as he's laying there, he's talking to the Lord like about how discouraged he is. And the Lord just spoke to him and said, watch the Cardinals. Okay. He must have been a Cardinals fan. He wasn't. I mean, he, he was in St. Louis, but he wasn't really a baseball fan. Okay. Of course, everyone in St. Louis knows about the Cardinals. Everyone. Right. So <laughs> he says, and I wasn't really a baseball fan at the time. So he says, why? I would probably even have thought of it as being like not that spiritual to watch yeah, baseball. Yeah, it doesn't really fit in the traveling monk thing. <laughs> Vow so, of uh, poverty vow of, chastity. Vow of no sports. <laughs> so watch the Cardinals. Um, and this is good to remember too. There, were, there was difficult things, but there was always God in it. Like we were always seeing God working and doing something amazing, but then we were afraid and discouraged and beaten down. And so the next day, the Cardinals are losing. Struck down, but not destroyed. They're losing nine to three in the ninth inning. Nine to three in the ninth inning. It's a big deficit. With two outs. Two outs. And they come back to win the game 10 to nine. 10 to nine. 10 to, 10 nine. to nine. 10 so to nine. Vic, so Vic shares that story with us. And we're just like, that's the Lord. <laughs> but but the, the, point of this, the point of the prophetic image is that the victory that God is bringing is sure and it's coming, but it's gonna feel like defeat up until the end of the story. Right. And so, so, that, so we're interpreting that as, all right, the end of the story is this year. Like we're gonna, we're gonna persevere, then we're gonna get victory. But I think God was probably saying, of course, a yeah. much longer time frame. <laughs> as usual. So we get into 10 days. And Cassie and I, we've been inspired by the 24-7 prayer movement. And so we're like, well, we're gonna start a 10 day, like we're gonna do 10 days of 24-7 prayer leading up to Pentecost. And we're gonna have three locations in St. Louis because the whole city is gonna stop and come together and seek God. And so we need at least three locations. Like if we don't do three, so in- How know, about the Cardinal Stadium? 
Well, that was the cool thing too. The last um, day was at Bush Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the global day of prayer was at Bush Stadium. Oh, right. Okay. But the ten days of prayer, we had three, like one location kind of in North North St. Louis, which is a pretty rough part of town. One location in South County at a Catholic church, and then one in kind of the central area, Central okay. County. And so, we're trying to sustain twenty four seven prayer. We're, you know, I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. <laughs> I'm broke. <laughs> like. You know, You're like, angry. like our marriage is like not great because I haven't been really using wisdom in my sure. traveling. I didn't know what, you know, I was just trying to do what God's trying said to, to do. be obedient. Yeah. And then we're trying to pray 24 seven. Well, let me tell you, if you ever <laughs> want to try, try that for like 365, <laughs> you can't pray 24 seven with two people. <laughs> that's, that's not enough drivers in the uh, stint of the, and we're racing. in, we're in this. <laughs> So we don't, like, we literally just have no idea what we're doing. And we're in this, like, compound that's in the heart of North St. Louis, which is, like, one of the most violent, worst parts of the country. Um, People are getting shot down the street. Um, We have this dog that Cassie got because she was lonely because I'm traveling so much. Our dog gets hit by a car. Oh, no. (laughs) Your dog gets hit by a car? Yeah, Sequoia. Oh, that's how she lost her leg. That's how she lost her leg. It was during the first 10 days. (laughs) I did remember that. And um, I mean, it's just, it's like a country music song bad. I mean, it's like everything <laughs> that can happen. And we're, st- but in the midst of it too, God is speaking. Like God would tell Cassie, hey, here's how many people are going to come to the prayer room today. And because I was just like, I was exhausted. And then the Lord spoke to me out of um, Revelation 2. He said, you know, you're going to be, t- this that passage talks about, you're going to, be tested for 10 days. You're going to be. Yes. So God's like, hey, this That's, is what's uh, happening. That's the church of Smyrna? Yeah. He's like, this is what's happening right now. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> That's what it feels like. So we're in this. It's horrible. And yet, like, people were getting saved. And, oh. like, you know, some people were coming to the prayer room. But it wasn't very many. But, you know, so, and it's just this it's incredible crisis of um, you know, getting to the end of ourselves. And then it gets to the Global Day of Prayer, and I'm thinking to myself, I need to not go to this Global Day of Prayer. I'm gonna get offended. I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna be mad, because I've put so much <laughs> into this. But I'm like, how can I not go? And I'm still holding on that there's gonna be like a Pentecost on Pentecost. Like, I'm still like, God, move. Like, almost like if I could force it, I would just, you know, I'll give everything. And um, get these sheep in. Yes, <laughs> squeezing every last ounce out to like bright, bring revival. And so we go there. Um, there's like 3,000 people there, which is cool. Yes. But in Bush Stadium, it's very big. It, it just feels like a drop. Yep. And in my heart, I just get so offended. Because um, your envisionment was like to the overflow. I'm, I'm envisioning like the Book of Acts plus. Yes, <laughs> right. Your your idea of Pentecost in modern day cities stopping for ten <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah, and and revival, and and I'm getting like a kind of like a bad prayer meeting with not that many people. <laughs> Just got a bunch of people and scattered across the seats. Yeah, yeah. And so all I have to say, I say two things in my heart. Um, first of all, I say, Lord, I hate I hate your people. Like, whoa, yeah, it's pretty strong. No, it's strong. I hated the church. <laughs> It was, just, it was just honest. Do you hate me? No, I don't hate you now. Okay, thanks. But I hated the church because I had been rejected. I had been like beat up. 
nobody, like people wouldn't listen. Yeah, you were mistreated or you felt that way. I felt, I felt it. I had resentment in my heart. Yep. Um, I was partially responsible. Yep. I, I'm probably significantly responsible. But that was just, that was where I was at. And then I, I told the Lord. It's the honest truth. I felt like I'd failed God. Wow. And so I said, Lord. Because there weren't enough people in Bush Stadium? Or? No, because revival hadn't come. Yeah, all that. You know, all that stuff. The 10 days hadn't, the 10 days vision hadn't happened. Yep. So I just felt like, you know, I'd fail God. And I just said, Lord, I can't. You're too much for me. I can't work for you anymore. So I quit. You quit? I quit. Can't quit. Can't I can't quit God. <laughs> I quit God. You can't. No, I, I quit. I did. You quit? I quit. Did you get a severance package? <laughs> <laughs> so I hated Christians and I quit God. And that is how my initial Did you love like Buddhist journey ended. <laughs> I don't think I liked anybody. Oh. Um, and so, um, yeah, maybe we should stop there and <laughs> go into the next segment. That was good. <laughs> we do need a break now. Yeah, let's take a break. Uh-huh.